This is Unstructured. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Unstructured. Today, I have an unusual guest. She's a bit of a departure from the rest of the crowd, which is fantastic. She's very unfiltered, very outspoken, a really dynamic personality, and I think you'll all enjoy meeting her. Her name is Jocelyn Stone. She's an adult entertainer and a podcaster. Would you prefer adult entertainer or porn star? <laughs> okay. I actually love that. Um, I love that question because when it comes down to it, I do porn, but I have absolutely no clue what defines a star. So I just do porn. And, but I do fetish too. And I do, I have a YouTube channel and I have a podcast and I, I do events and I do live entertainment, uh, but I've not, I'm not a stripper. Uh, so I, I just do porn. So I guess adult entertainer, cause I have a dirty, dirty, slutty mouth. And <laughs> <laughs> now you, you mentioned um, fetish is, is fetish, not porn. How does a delineation there? Mm, it's a different genre. So, uh, I don't take my clothes off. I'm not having sex. So porn is normally defined, you know, of having some version of intercourse. So yeah, it's, it's different. Fetish is completely different, but people jerk off to it. So is that what defines porn? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> well, awesome. And you also mentioned that you don't strip. Now, a lot of porn stars do strip, right? To pick up extra money or... Right. And also it's a way of meeting their fans because uh, they have companies that'll book the girls to uh, do... They call it the stripper circuit. It's just like a comedian or or something like that. Uh, there's all kinds of um, comedy clubs. So you can book the comedy clubs in Kentucky or Illinois or something or go all the way to New York, um, then back to L.A. And it's the same thing. Instead of comedy clubs, it's strip clubs. And they do the promotion, you know, Jocelyn Stone's going to be here on these certain dates. And, you know, she's the headliner. Well, with stripping, they call it feature. And so it's the same concept, but somebody else books it and make sure that, you know, you get all the things that you need, a, a driver, a hotel, um, your base pay, all of that. And then you get tips or whatever on top of that, of course. But I've never done this stripper circuit. I stripped, but it was way before I got into anything adult. I did it on the side. And um, I did it for extra money so I could actually find a different job because <laughs> I come from hmm. corporate. So, and the job I was at didn't pay me that much. And I couldn't, hmm. I couldn't um, change jobs. I, did, I wasn't making enough money to take a day off. So I started stripping three nights a week to get extra money so I could cover taking a day off so I could get a better paying job. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. <laughs> So you were almost legitimately the uh, stripper who was going to school. Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> you mentioned comedy clubs. Now, um, I've always kind of thought there were a lot of parallels between uh, comedy and, we'll say, the adult industry. There is, and you have absolutely no idea. I'm really good friends with um, Mario Z, who's a singing comedian. Um, I... Uh, did I think the most popular 
uh, comedian that I can say that I know is or knew because he just passed away is Ralphie May. And oh. um, and his wife, I, I was at a comedy club in Orange County, California. One of my friends, Daryl Wright, was performing with John Lovitz. And uh, so I'm sitting at the comedy table. This is so random that you brought this up because it is so parallel because uh, we're so used to being judged. Like, why would you say that? How can you say something like that? How can you do something like that? We get judged in, in such a different way. And, uh, but it's kind of the same. So I was talking to Lana Turner, who is, uh, um, Ralphie May's wife at the time. And she said, well, what do you do? And I thought, well, the table that can handle it is a comedy table. So, um, (laughs) I went, oh, I do porn. And she goes, what? Seriously? Oh my God. My husband and I have been talking about doing this, this idea and um, we wanted because they were known it on YouTube as the perfect 10. She was this little mm-hmm. tiny skinny thing like a number oh, one yeah. and he was yeah. round. So they were the <laughs> perfect 10. And I thought that was so creative and so cute. And um, she goes, we want to do we have this idea cooking with porn stars. Do you cook? And I said, mm-hmm. my God, I cook all the time, all the time. So she invited me over. I was the very first person that they filmed. I brought like 10 different outfits. I went to the grocery store. I got all this food, all this stuff. I broke in their camera guy, their sound guy, all of this. I hung out in Ralphie and Lana's house. I met their children. I was there for like seven hours. It was so much fun. And the video is still there. If you look up Cooking with Porn Stars or The Perfect Ten, you'll see how they edited it together. And they ended up having like Ron Jeremy on afterwards and a whole bunch of different people because they were based in LA. So yeah, there is an extreme parallel. Extreme. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if that, that parallel is in um, being the ultimate vulnerability mm. because you're doing it physically um with your image and your assets and feelings and comedians are also kind of throwing their guts out there. It's true in a, in a similar manner. So I really kind of feel like that's the parallel. Both also don't want their friends necessarily to watch their stuff because they're probably talking about it. Yes. You make references to family and stuff like that when you're a comedian and something that's funny, the way some of it links up is when we're doing uh podcasting, or um, now on my podcast, my co-host is Rebecca Love, and she actually does um, comedy writing. And somebody told her, you should really, you should really take some classes. You know, you're so good at improv. And she really is. And now it's to the point in Vegas, there's so many comedy shows and different things that they get this, you know, she looks like a little pixie. She's absolutely adorable, but she's got boobs bigger than her head. And um, she comes up with this cute look and then she opens her mouth and it's like, what the hell just happened? It's like (laughs) watching a dog meow. It just doesn't fit, but it's so entertaining and she's so witty. A lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of her, comedy and her writing comes from some of the podcasts we do, some of the emails we get, 
people um, being really offensive and coming at us. Uh, she has a whole skit about dick pics. And um, it's just, it's really interesting that you're bringing that up because she does stand up. She really does. She does stand up. That's cool. She sounds almost like a Mae West. Yes. Oh, that's a really good. Yeah. 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 I like that. That's a good comparison. <laughs> well, cool. Now you weren't always in um, porn or the adult industry. I think. I think mm-hmm. you said that you actually started in your thirties. Is that thirty-seven? I started when I was thirty-seven. Now that is very unusual, is it not? Yes. It's very unusual. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Um, when the economy crashed in, in 08, I was in mortgage. I had been in mortgage for 17 years. I had a career. And then all of a sudden, it was ripped out from underneath me, literally to the point where when I was leaving the company, where they were shutting everything down, the news was outside. And they were kind of coming at us like, do you know what's going on? What's going to happen to you? And all this. And I'm like, oh, my God, get out of my face. (laughs) You know, this is my world crashing and you need to back up. So um, I've always been really aggressive. (laughs) So um, I – because I lived in California at the time, they have the Warren Law. And the Warren Law is they can't just shut down a company and say, sorry, you're out. And that's it. They have to give you your pay, your base pay for 60 days. So I'm getting paid sitting at home going, holy crap, what am I going to do? And I was in a long-term relationship. That relationship was 14 years. And so it wasn't anything new. We were 10 years into it or something like that. And um, at the time that this happened and uh, I'm like, I'm looking, I, I can be a secretary. I I've done all these different things. I, I don't just know mortgage. So what am I going to do? And I came across this ad that was pretty much porn. And I went, hmm. ah, I should, I should do that. And he looked at me and goes, you know, that kind of fits. Why don't you? And I'm like, hmm. Cause we had been to swingers clubs and stuff like that. I'm, I'm an exhibitionist. I've always been an exhibitionist. So it kind of turned into that. And I went in and I talked to the people. He cleared everything, anything and everything that I did went through him first. Most people didn't realize that because he was non-adult industry. So Mm -hmm. he was a computer programmer. So I was very careful to keep him behind the scenes. Nobody knew I had a boyfriend at the time. Mm, okay. Yep. So I stepped into it pretty hard, but I took a, a good hard beating because I had people look at me and go, oh, well, you're old. And I'm like, yeah, but everybody I come across wants to fuck me. So what's your problem? And then um, they're like, oh, well, you're kind of fat. And I'm like, mm, everybody looks different. So I'm not going to lose weight to appease one. I'm going to be me. And that's why I've always been the curvy one, the MILF. And and, and mm-hmm. it took a while. It took a while. Small companies started booking me. And then the big companies went, oh, shit, she fucks like a beast. So <laughs> I kind of want her. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you forget. I come from corporate. I know how to negotiate. So that wow. lower rate that you were going to pay. When you insulted me, you have to pay an asshole fee. My rate is now doubled. <laughs> well, so I negotiate. Your, time, your timing kind of 
worked with the popularity of MILF porn coming up right then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it worked. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. I don't watch porn. So I had no idea what I was doing. I had to educate now, myself quick. On that note, um, have you ever um, heard the um, John Ronson, the butterfly effect? Yes, I know of the butterfly effect. Okay, he um, did a series on that. He actually talked about how some of the porn stars now, or at least a couple of years ago, if they're aged, I guess, like 23 to 30, they're struggling because the hotter categories are really young, almost a teenager, or right. MILF. Yes. And I, I was wondering what you thought of that in the industry. And another thing he had brought up is bespoke porn is, has become fairly big. What's that? I haven't heard about that. Well, I guess with all the um, pirating and porn hubs and all the video mm-hmm. stuff, it, it's very difficult to make money in the industry. And a lot of the adult film stars are doing custom sessions. So somebody will say, I want to see you uh, bury yourself in a bowl of spaghetti all over you and dance or whatever. Right. And then they'll pay the porn stars to do that. I didn't know if you were familiar with that. Oh yeah. In fact, I've done podcasts about that. Um, how I negotiate, um, custom videos and what it is, you have to create your own value. Um, don't lower your rate unless you need to. I work with a lot of, um, new companies and such, but, um, um, so when these companies come out, I'm one of the first people on there. I like to work with people that are really excited about what they do. And the new people are, are usually really excited. Um, my value, uh, when it comes to custom videos, I do customs and I have a certain rate that starts off. That's just solo, like the bowl of spaghetti and me. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I have a base rate. The more crazy you get, the more, the higher the rate goes. For good reason. But mm-hmm. when somebody goes, oh, well, Rebecca Love said she would charge me this. And why are you charging more? Oh, well, if that's all you want to pay, then go get Rebecca. <laughs> and they're like, but I want you. As, oh, sweetie, then you're going to pay my rate. That's okay. what you're going to pay. Because my price tag above my head is this much money. So if you want me, you're going to pay for me. If you don't, then don't. I don't beg for it. I don't beg for the work. I let them know that I have value. And Mm -hmm. when I do these things, there's a lot of people that shoot their stuff on their cell phone. They have crappy lighting. And if you notice right now with us, I know you can see me, but, um, Mm -hmm. and the audio is what everybody else hears. But, um, when it comes down to it, I have lighting and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I take pride in doing that. And if it's really extreme and I can't shoot it by myself, I actually have a director. I have locations. I have all these things. I break down why it costs what it does. And um, uh, the editing and stuff, I make sure it's edited like a professional video. So like one of the big companies would do. I learned editing. I served up myself to learn editing. I I begged a studio, please, 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 please teach me and mm. I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free if you just teach me. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and of course, who would turn down free work? Sure. So 
So that's how I learned. And now I upped my value. So that's uh, with custom videos and stuff like that. You have to pay attention. You really do. And then my site, I keep my rates low. I keep them reasonable, but mine are also video on demand. So um, nothing is downloadable. Mm, So they're not going to, like, if you download one of my videos, you can turn around and just throw it up on Pornhub because you can, because Pornhub allows anybody to upload anything as long as it's not children, animals, or scat, you know? And they kind of screen that stuff. They don't even Mm -hmm. really screen it. They just let you throw it up there. Well, most people don't understand who owns Pornhub. Who's running all those tube sites? Mm-hmm. In 08, the big, big, big boys, which are Brazzers and all that, well, you mm-hmm. and Reality Kings, you don't realize they're those are just websites. And you know, if you use your brain, this is where corporate comes in on me. I mm-hmm. use my brain and I do research. Like, who are you? You know, I have a podcast, it's sick addictions. But I work under uh, Adult Film Star Network. Mm-hmm. So who's Brazzers under? Who's Reality Kings under? Who's Twisties under? Who's Pornhub under? A Canadian. Exactly. And their company name is MindGeek. Mm-hmm. And most people go, oh, Brazzers is doing No, no, no. No, no. Brazzers and all those other ones are just little minions, just like uh, Sick Addictions with Jocelyn Stone is just a little minion. The mother load is Adult Film Star Network. So do your education. You know, learn. Learn. Oh, you're a pretty mighty minion. <laughs> yeah, and it's all in how I structure it, how I market it, how I put myself out there. If you want me, you got to pay for me. I'll be reasonable, but I'm not the blue light motherfucking special. So don't come at me going, oh, but, oh, but. I don't play like that. (laughs) Could it be be argued that your corporate background really helped you? um, I hate to say with maturity and stability going into a field like this, where I I believe a lot of people kind of get chewed up and spit out. Yes. Yes. I learned to value the, the people that hired me. I would show up the chubby MILF, but I would give them the best scene that I possibly could. When they said, we want a certain outfit, I'd bring five. Mm -hmm. I would give them choices. I would show up 20 minutes early. And what people don't realize is when I started shooting, I lived in Orange County, California. I was shooting in LA. There's jokes about California traffic. Mm-hmm. I would leave. I would give myself two hours drive time. So if my call time was nine o'clock in the morning, I was leaving six thirty, seven o'clock to make sure if there was an accident, if there was traffic, anything, I was on time. No matter which meant I had to get up an hour and a half earlier than that, do my makeup and all this. If they didn't have makeup on set, I really had to time manage. So, um, I valued their, their, um, I valued the company that hired me. So you made it frictionless and obvious for them. Mm -hmm. They hired you. They didn't have to think about it. Move on next person. Right. They knew I would show up on time. 
always. And I would be prepped and ready and probably have too much. And um, I just want, what if the scenario changed? What if, what if, what if, what if? So I would cover every single thing. And um, I, I just did a shoot in LA uh, three weeks ago. I did a shoot in LA. I live in Las Vegas now. So I left Vegas at um, six o'clock in the morning and hmm. my call time was noon. Hmm. And so I made that full drive. I left um, room for error. What if there's an accident on the 15? What if, what if, what if? I let them know exactly what I was doing, how I was doing. I messaged them at six o'clock in the morning. I'm in the car. I have my Starbucks. I'm going. And they're like, okay. And it turned out that the the guy was running about 15 minutes late. That's fine. Oh. As long as I'm not 15 minutes late. That's a hell of a drive too. I actually lived oh, in yeah. Barstow. It's the armpit of the universe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why, why in God's name would you ever live there? <laughs> I was, um, there were two jobs available or there's two pay sources available in Barstow. You're either uh -huh. military or welfare. I was military. Ah, but, so do you know about, um, the stuff that I do that backs the U S armed forces? No. <laughs> See, no, I do. I do some rants on, on YouTube and stuff. And I just did one for uh, oh. Memorial day. Okay. I saw a couple of your rants and I was going to address that later. Um, <laughs> and, and go into your background because I, I've noticed mm -hmm. that, some of the porn stars are actually kind of conservative. Yes. And I'm wondering if that's due to independence and business mindedness it makes them lean that way. Sort of like some rap stars are yeah. secretly a little bit conservative. Yeah. Some of them are like that rap guy. Uh, oh my God. I've been watching him a lot lately. Uh, Logic. He is unbelievable, but he's a germaphobe and and all kinds of stuff. And he's very private, very, very private. Um, when he's doing his shows, he's very positive. He won't tolerate any um, aggressiveness or anything like that. He's the one that did the song, um, the 1-800 song about um, suicide. Oh, wow. He's pretty, he's pretty intense. But if you watch any of his YouTube stuff, it's like, wow. He's very private, very private person. I'm very private, um, and I know a lot of them are. You have to be. You have to be because if you do any type of social medium at all, then um, you are putting yourself out there, and like Facebook is finally pulling their head out of their ass and and stopping with helping stalkers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I work behind the scenes. I wanted to get give myself a an opportunity to be well-rounded because not everybody at the party is going to like the chubby MILF. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes they want the young girl. So I learned how to um, do the paperwork and be a PA and all that stuff. And hmm. I, would, I would be a driver. I've got a car. I can pick people up at the airport. I could mm -hmm. do all this stuff. So I've stepped in and done a lot of stuff with different companies behind the scenes. And, um, and when it comes down to it, so when Twitter was getting really big, and that was the only one at the time, there was a girl that was tweeting, taking pictures, and she was tweeting all these things. Well, she didn't know that she had her location on. Oh. And somebody had the wits about them to look, really look into her Twitter, found the address, and showed up on location, knock, knock, knock on a, a location door. And That's went, crazy. oh, is Jocelyn Stone here? You know, I, I won't say the girl's name, but sure, sure. asked, 
asked, is she there? And they're like, and you are, well, she posted on Twitter that she's here. Is she here? Can I see her? And they're like, uh, holy crap. Holy fuck. That's some stalker ass shit right there. (laughs) Oh, That's scary. So that right there is the epitome of why girls have to be really quiet. They have to keep their head down and you get the ones that are full of themselves and throw a lot of stuff out there. Like I'm going to be over here, over there. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful. You got to make sure you have security. It's like Rebecca and I, we do um, karaoke triple X in Las Vegas. You want to come meet us? It's free to get in. The drink specials are free or free are cheap. Um, you get to meet all these different people, directors, agents, talent, um, men and women, uh, all these different things. But um, you, we have security strategically placed and they are not at the door. You don't know which one they are. Some of them are female that you do not want to play with. So we cover our asses when we go out in public. You yeah, that, have to be safe. That has to be um, a concern for you because you are mm-hmm. definitely out there. And I'm sure that there's a, a certain degree of deviants mm-hmm. who are, are viewing you and you probably don't really want to meet. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the the five of them that I blocked on on Snapchat today. I don't do any anything dirty on Snapchat and they're sending me the most offensive things. And I'm like, how is that appropriate? How, what prompted you to do that? Why would you think that's okay? You know, but I asked the questions. I let them know it's um, not welcome. It's inappropriate and why I'm blocking them. So um, there's a lot of girls that get that and don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And um, I understand that. And I understand where their brain is coming from. Fans, every time they see me, I have my ankles wrapped around the back of my neck. Mm-hmm. I have something going on. I'm just like, oh, yeah, give it to me. All 10 of you, you know, and I understand that every single time they see me, that's what I'm doing. But what they don't realize is this is pre-recorded. I actually go to the dog park. I actually go to the grocery store. I cook. I actually have to pay my bills. I actually have to mop my floor. I have to feed my animals. I have a roommate, Um, you know, all these different things. So I'm not always in that state. So they need to remember that I'm a human being. So I don't just block. I explain to them why they're being blocked. I know where their brain is coming from, and I'm sorry that they thought of me that way. So now you have to go. There's some girls, especially the young ones, that don't know how to handle that. Yeah, I feel like there's um, a lot of issues that could come from that. And does the, does it not um, wreak havoc on your actual sex life, personally? Yes, yes, and no, because there's certain triggers. That if I'm having sex with somebody, there's certain triggers that um, will put me into Jocelyn Stone is my job. Jocelyn is my job. She's my character. When I put that outfit on and and her makeup on, I'm transforming into that person. It's like mm-hmm. it's like hiring a clown for a, a birthday party or something. Mm-hmm. And um, as that makeup goes on, you are turning into that character. So. Um, 
Jocelyn and my personal, um, they hate each other. They absolutely hate each other. They don't have the same Facebook. They don't have Twitters together. They don't, they don't talk to each other. They despise each other. One is a big old slut and one of them is more conservative and, Mm -hmm. um, is very private in, in her life. So when Jocelyn Stone goes on and I am working and I'm doing an event or something like that, um, people that come and say, oh, but I want to know the real you instantly. I know you don't. (laughs) I know you don't because nobody comes up any of your friends that you've known, you know, uh, from childhood or from coworkers that have become good friends. They don't go, I think we could be really good friends. Let's be friends. That's fucking creepy, dude. And, and even in my personal life, I would never become friends with somebody that would say something like that. So it lets me know that you have ulterior motives. You're regurgitating a one liner that you think is going to get my panties off because you're, you're lusting after my character. So, um, yeah, it wreaks havoc. But then again, um, I've always been an exhibitionist. I've always been super slutty. Um, I was closeted about my super sluttiness, Mm -hmm. but now I'm more open about it. But um, when it comes down to it, you never know. You could be that guy at the bar where I'm like, you, come here. <laughs> okay. And there's, it could be just a conversation where you're being super cool. Like, um, you know, how'd you get into the industry? So on and so forth. And then normal conversations about, oh yeah, did you hear about this? You hear about that? Have you been to this show or that show? Um, I really like all kinds of things. Um, Marvel all the the TV shows and the movies and and Star Wars and stuff. I can geek out, not hardcore, but I like to geek out. And um, a conversation like that, it's like, oh, oh, you just had a normal conversation with a holy crap. Hmm. I wonder <laughs> if you're a good kisser. Hmm. Well, let's see. This could get weird, but that doesn't mean I want to date the person. I actually sure. did that one time. We were joking around. We were having a good time. It was every topic. It was wonderful. And ended up kissing this guy and it was, I never slept with him. We just like had this weird fucked up makeout session at, Mm -hmm. um, at one of the events. And so it was a lot of fun. And the next thing I know, he's like, oh yeah, let's go to dinner. Let's do this. I'm a, ooh, ooh, slow down. (laughs) That was a one night thing. And that's where it kind of triggers in my brain because he instantly wanted to pick up where we left off. Mm -hmm. That was a moment. That was a moment. You know, you still have to sample it out after that. It's like meeting at a nightclub. Sure. It's got to be hard um, in that regard, though, because honestly, I'm a male and I know how most males think. And I hope so. Generally, generally they're moving in. There is. Yeah. um, So it's very, very, very difficult. You a lot of friendship stuff is actually kind of boring. Yes. Playing cards, just chilling, hanging out, going for a walk. I'm I'm a runner, so I like to go run with people. Okay. It's not super exciting, but I enjoy it and we talk and you know, you can get really deep in conversation. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, now, I, everybody's got their little hobbies and stuff. Yeah. I would be like go to the dog park or something like that. But if I don't trust somebody and I'm not comfy that they're gonna try to jump down my panties, then, you know, it's like, oh, I'd rather go to the dog park by myself. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. That, that's gotta be a, um, I guess a penalty of the field. Yes. Now your 
background, though, you've mentioned being conservative, et cetera. I think you and I have something in common that's kind of unusual. Not exactly, but you grew up a Seventh-day Adventist? Yes. I did Holy shitballs, did you do your research? <laughs> wow, that was impressive. <laughs> now, I was actually in the Worldwide Church of God. Uh-huh. Which is very similar. You had Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day yeah. Adventists, Worldwide Church of God. All of them had the Sabbath on Saturday. Yeah. And I remember it personally, explicitly, because we switched religion when I was seven and Christmas went away. <gasps> oh, God. No, we had Christmas. Oh. Well, we did. We had Christmas. That was a step up. But that yeah. was a, a, a big difference. So how did wow. that reflect on your life? <laughs> Woo, it reflected really big. Um, okay, summertime, the days are long, right? The sun is up for a really long amount of time. Right now, the sun comes up at 530 in the morning and doesn't go down till like freaking 745 at night. Mm -hmm. So imagine a teenager, you know, trying to figure shit out. Bodies changing, all of this stuff. And I've got this weird thing in my head where, you know, I'm a slut. I just, I, I've got all these thoughts and stuff. I just don't realize what's happening. It's called puberty. And um, Sabbath, most people don't realize. Yeah, we go to church on Saturday, the Sabbath day, but it starts Friday, sundown, mm -hmm. to Sabbath day, sundown. But yep. I'm 13, 14 years old. And I, um, I want to go out with my friends at Saturday, but my curfew is like 11 o'clock at night because I'm 13, 14 years old, but mm -hmm. I'm not even allowed to go out until seven thirty, eight o'clock because it's Sabbath. Right. So my teeny tiny window of opportunity was, um, I, I, instead of crawling where, you know, holding hands, you know, like, uh, flirting and all this stuff. I did, there was no crawling. There was no progressiveness. There was no figuring myself out who I liked, who I didn't, whatever. I went balls to the wall running. And, um, that was, I think one of the reasons why I, and, and it kind of didn't matter who was around. I'm on a time frame, people. My mom's coming to pick me up. <laughs> so I had to make out with this guy quickly. I didn't have the whole party to figure it out. Um, if I was going to drink, I needed to do a lot fast. So everything was very, very, very quick. And that's how religion messed with me because I wasn't given that time frame to figure out who I was. I had to, I had to do it quickly. So the first time I really kissed a guy, I was fucking him. Wow. Yep. Yep. Home run that night. Bam. Just like that. So that's how it affected me in a big way. Now, when it came to like uh, my mother was sometimes uh, vegetarian, sometimes not and all this stuff. So I really like a lot of vegetarian meals. I, I, that's what I grew up on. We didn't eat chocolate. We ate carob. So mm. I like carob uh, because I didn't know what chocolate was. Uh so there's, there's a lot of things like that, that if I want to slim down or eat healthy, I got no problem with it because I can, I can flip flop back and forth and, and not feel like I'm missing out. So those are a couple things with religion that really fucked with me. 
so <laughs> you find oppression to be irritating, I'm guessing. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I don't think I would be as wild as I am had um, it not been for religion, had I had a little more opportunity to grow into and figure out how my brain was working the way that it was and changing because every child goes through it. All Every mm-hmm. adult has gone through it. Mm-hmm. So I just went through it really fast. <laughs> yeah, very, very compressed. That's um, yeah, almost like a, the reverse reaction of what was attempting or the religion was attempting to uh, yes. withhold. Yes. You were rebelling. Oh, I rebelled. Oh yeah. And then the next day I'd go to church. You know, How did you that, feel about church though? I mean, I, it, I understand you were rebelling, but yeah. you still have some values in there that keep sneaking out. Like, like, oh, yeah. like some of the lessons actually did sort of sink in and the, some of them you're rebelling completely against. So is there a dichotomy there? Well, you know what? I, I only know the religion that I was taught. So mm-hmm. I don't understand other religions. Um, I understand the the positive energy and everything. I believe showing up to an establishment, a building where you only allow the positive energy in there. Everybody is praising either each other or, you know, through verse and uh, through singing and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a a wonderful positive thing. Um, people that on Facebook or something, uh, social media that says so-and-so is sick. Can you please pray? That is, um, um, sending positive energy mm-hmm. over to that person. I always liked the positive energy and you felt good when you walked out of there because you were just bathed in, in this wonderful positive and then, and then we would leave and we would go and have a potluck or whatever. And it's like, Ooh, okay. Food. I'll, I'm, I'll always show up for the food. And that's, and then you just kind of kick back the rest of the day because you weren't allowed to buy or sell on, on the Sabbath day. So mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to do anything. So the food was pre-prepped. We could warm it, but that was it. So it was just this positiveness that I really enjoyed. We would go to a park, you know, and it was this positive energy and it always felt really, really, really good. And in Seventh-day Adventist, even when I was a little bitty, um, somewhere in between the sermon, they realized that the kids get fidgety. Mm-hmm. So they would kind of do a break, almost like a podcast for a, for, um, for a commercial break. And they would do a break and call all the children up to the front. And so we got to stretch our legs. We got to run up there and we could sit up front and all this stuff. And it was very exciting. Somebody would come out and kind of give the pastor a moment, give him a break. Mm-hmm. And the kids got to sit around and fidget. And that was okay because we were being read a story. And as soon as the, the story was over, and this was kind of like a bathroom break for the adults. Mm-hmm. And then the kids got to run back to mom and dad and just like, oh, oh that was so much fun hmm. that they they paid attention to the little ones, which I really liked. So I had really positive things. I remember all of the stories, you know, the coat of many colors, things like that. I mm-hmm. remember a lot of those stories, um, child version. That was that was always exciting to me. It was very, very exciting to me, but it was very positive. It's very positive energy. So that's cool. So it's not one thing, it's not another. Um, where do you find yourself now? 
Um, I still believe in in God, a higher power, and all this. I still believe in the positive energy. Um, um, judge not unless ye be judged, mm. which is a huge thing. Um, people judge me all the time. I I just had a battle with somebody the other day that says I need you to um um stop doing porn and get a uh, a good life so Jesus Jesus can save you. And I said, Oh, holy crap, dude. Did did he tell you that you should be here on earth judging? Right. Because you're telling me that he's gonna judge. So he gave you that that job, right? So who are you to judge like that? So there's little things that I pull on. I don't judge people for the way that they live their life unless they are hurting others. Do mm-hmm. not hurt others on purpose as long as you do something in positive. So um or you were doing your best and you thought that it was a good thing. So, you know, sometimes we make an error and go, Ooh, crap. I didn't see that as an outcome. I am super sorry, you know, but as long as you meant to do good, then I don't have a problem. But um, Yes. Yes. And, um, coming at me, swinging your Bible, I don't care what religion you are, swinging your Bible at me about the head and face area, telling me how I live my life is wrong. There, there's only one person that's supposed to do that. And it's uh, whoever you're going to meet after death. And mm-hmm. be, and I say it that way because every religion is different. Even sure. paganism, I'll tell you what, they're supposed to be witches and all this stuff. And I'll tell you, those are, some um, mother earth fearing people mm-hmm. and they believe that if you do something bad that it comes back to you at 10 tenfold mm-hmm. so which is worse than what you know the the hell and everything that i was threatened with <laughs> when i was a kid <laughs> i mean paganism is br- more brutal so you know i i enjoy different religions and stuff just don't beat me with it educate me. I would love to hear about your religion, you know, but don't beat me with it. (laughs) Very cool. Now, um, in your rants, a couple of them I picked up on, I didn't get through all of them, but they're they're fun. Um, you're not particularly fond of either Samantha B or Roseanne Barr. (laughs) Well, Um, it's not that I'm not fond I'm not fond of um, either one. I'm not fond of what they did and then how they extended it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you're going to do something and you didn't mean any harm, then say, oh, I didn't mean it. This is what I meant. Oops. I'm sorry that it came off that way. Oh, my God. You're right. You have to be able to take a step back and look at what you said and take ownership of how you made someone else feel. So with Roseanne Barr, she um, wanted to go at somebody. Hey, go at that person. Go balls to the wall. But you're going at that person for their job, their views, stuff like that. What does her jobs or her views have anything to do with her skin color? Mm -hmm. So you just lost your whole point. 
You just lost it. Are you not that bright? And then seriously, to turn around and blame it on Ambien, all I can say, Roseanne Barr, that was an epic fail because even Ambien said, wow, out of all of our research, we have never come across Ambien making somebody racist. (laughs) And they were absolutely correct. And it was beautiful. So if it was already in there, that's what came out. So she is racist and all these other things that came out. It, But, you know, she affected so many people that didn't deserve to be affected. And that upset me because, like I said, I work behind the scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So even um, in the adult industry, if uh, the female talent or the male talent comes in and they're drunk, they're on drugs, they're being assholes, they're running late because they think they got the golden pussy, you know, whatever, <laughs> that affects me. That affects me as one of the workers. That affects me because they may have to cancel the shoot. Now, I I don't get paid. Right. You know, so you affected me because you think that you're above others. Right. So, you know, stand there and take it and go, oh, my God, I didn't see that it, that people would take it that way. But you know what? Roseanne has been – um doing rants like this for so long. Mm -hmm. That's why it took them so long to do Roseanne rebooted because they knew what they were getting into. They thought, yeah, they thought she, they had her under control and they didn't. And, um, that's their fault. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, but with Samantha B, um, number one, I didn't even know who, who this chick was. I had no clue. And I love the word cunt. So let's use it. But, (laughs) My issue was she went again, just like Roseanne. Mm. She went after somebody. And instead of going after that person for specific things, what she did is she went like super mafia version Mm -hmm. where she kind of flipped it and went, okay, Eric, I don't like you, but because of that, I'm going to go after your kid. Right. That's awesome. It was just, I was like, what? She, oh, somebody got offended because of the word cunt. And then I watched it and went, who cares about that word? Look at what she did. Right. Does nobody else see this? You know, and that's the thing because I'll take a step back and I'll get offended and then go, okay, why am I offended? What actually offended me? And then I waited and waited and waited and waited. And I heard that that Samantha D- B did the uh, the apology. And I was more offended by the apology in that they not only aired it, but they accepted it. That's oh. one of those apologies that is the whole, I'm sorry you feel upset by what I said. Right. One of the, where they lay it at the uh, responsibility of the offended party. That's right. That's kind of irritating. Now. On these um, rants that you had, one thing I noticed, and at least one of them, is you referred yourself to yourself as a whore. Mm-hmm. How do you mean that? Um, I mean that in quite a few ways. Number one, um, nobody sees um, uh, the the society has been taught that um, adult industry is bad and we're selling our bodies. So we're just whores. We're just whores. We're for rent. So we're nothing. So I'm going to throw that out there and say, this is what I am. This is who I am. And a whore just told you this. 
you know, I'm below the, the, uh, you know, I'm below the, the sludge at the bottom of the barrel because I'm in the adult industry and I rent my body. So mm-hmm. I'm letting her know, letting them know that I accept my position and I accept what you think of me. However, um, this whore has a brain and she's mm-hmm. going to po- point some shit out. So if you have something to say to me, don't use whore or slut or anything like that. Cause I already called myself out. Let's just get to business and let's talk about it. That's, you know, just a whore's opinion because that's what people think I am. So, okay. I'm okay with that. I still have a brain though. So you're taking, you're just taking ownership of the term and taking Correct. it out of the quiver. Correct. Okay. And on that, um, another one of your um, videos, you were talking a little bit about the new, I believe they're anti-trafficking laws, um, SESTA mm-hmm. and FOSTA. Yes. Things like that. Um, I wanted to get a couple opinions because you're in the industry. I don't know if you uh, work with escorts or or prostitutes or anything else being in Vegas area or not. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about the laws, how they might affect people? It scares the living shit out of me. Um, I'm friends with a lot of whores, um, uh, escorts, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, some high end, some low end, you know, it just depends on, you know, what your rental rate is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes down to it, uh, FOSTA is the, the one that's, uh, really, uh, affecting the adult industry in the sense that, and, and, um, any of the whores out there, because we have, uh, now something I want you to understand is I do private sessions when it comes to BDSM and stuff like that. Every once in a while I might escort. It just all depends. It all mm. depends. Uh, because I'm really picky about who I even meet with when it comes to fetish. My clothing mm. does not come off when I'm doing fetish, a fetish session, but the arrest is exactly the same as if I had my legs wrapped around my neck. Hmm. So yeah, it's exactly the same. So I am a whore, even though my clothes aren't coming off and I show up with whips and chains and ropes. Oh my, you know, so I let people know that I'm in the category because, um, the arrest is exactly the same as just a misdemeanor, but it's still the same and it would be an arrest record. So I have to do my screening and all this stuff. Well, so this guy contacts me or something and, um, we have sites where we can go to each other and say, um, this is his email. This is his phone number. Um, Hey, Jocelyn, uh, uh, this guy wants to meet me and he says he's met you before. Is he cool? Is he not? You know, Hmm. and we protect ourselves. Okay. So what's happening with FOSTA is we're not, we're not divvying up babies, man. We're not divvying up babies or, or forcing anybody into anything. We're trying to protect ourselves as individuals. And this keeps us away from any type of pimps or anything like that because mm. we're being um, independent. We're independent. So there is no pimp needed because we converse with each other. Okay. So on these sites and all of a sudden they're saying, oh, because of this site, you must be, you know, selling babies. And it's like, what? 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 Are you kidding me? So taking these things down, taking these sites down, and FOSTA is an act. So it's um, 
let me see if I remember it correctly. Um, uh, Fighting Online Sex Trafficking Act is FOSTA. That's mm-hmm. a, a struggle. That's why they call it FOSTA. I had to, mm-hmm. I just struggled with that one. But um, it's an act. So it is not an actual law yet. And um, it is so gray that um, the way it's written – that anybody, if I want to sell my coochie or my av- ability to um, to throw a flogger and tie your ass up and humiliate you because <laughs> your mama hurt your feelings when you were a child and you want to relive that, um, they are able to say that I am sex trafficking. Mm. That's how gray it is. So now they're taking away the sites that um uh we actually converse with each other and we talk and 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 they're linking into uh gmail and using our um um trigger words and stuff i'm not mm. saying selling babies i'm not doing that i'm not going i got me some hoes and i'm going to make money off them you know, I'm negotiating a personal fetish session where the guy wants to be treated like a puppy right. and they are in my personal business with that. And it's like, but this was the, uh, whoa, you know, but they're, they're implying that I'm doing these horrible things. And now that they're taking these, these sites away from me to verify whether or not this guy, Eric is, is trying to book me for an hour session or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I don't have the ability to screen that guy. I don't have that ability anymore. You're less safe. Right. So now I'm the next murder slash rape victim. And our FOSTA laws did it to me. So good for them. And also because they want to get rid of us anyway. So I guess Mm -hmm. serving us up for rape and murder is a way to do it. You know, I wouldn't have chose it, but okay. You know, if they just allow um, a certain- Like the Man Act, I think it was called. The Man Act? What was the Man Act? I think it was the Man Act. It was what they got, um, the boxer- um, I think it was Jeremiah, the guy who was just uh, pardoned and it was about uh, taking um, kidnapping victims across the line, state lines. He had a white girlfriend and mm-hmm. he took her across the state lines. So he got prosecuted. <laughs> These laws are written in a lot of times for another purpose or to target a particular community. Right. right. In disguise. Now on that note, uh, going the other way, how do you uh, feel about me too? Um, me too. I have absolute. Uh, well, I have quite a few views on that actually. And shocker, huh? Shocker that I have a view on something. Um, when it comes down to me too, uh, there's a lot of people that because it started in the the movie industry and everything, mm-hmm. and I'm not taking the power away from any of the the women, I want them to be able to speak up. I want them to be able to say things. I, uh, But there's a lot of them that are going, oh, me too, me too. He touched my boob at a party. Well, was he reaching across to get, you know, to get mm-hmm. a napkin and you didn't realize it and turned around and, you know, or did he like literally reach up and grab your boob? And if that was the case, what documentation? There's so many Me Too's that are popping up 
mm-hmm. that it's diluting the 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 real ones, the real people that were were really abused. You know, the the he touched my hiney or something. Come on. You know, yeah. uh, there's nowhere you need to wag your finger at somebody mm-hmm. and and go, that is inappropriate, mister. Do it again, and I'll kick you in the balls like my mommy taught me. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, he'll straighten up. But um, there's a lot of uh, of girls that it things bad happen to them, bad. And um, if they didn't file any complaints... If they didn't go in and say something, um, uh, there's a lot of girls saying, oh, so-and-so raped me. Where is the police report? I mm-hmm. want to see it. Show me what you did and that you're not just hopping on the bandwagon going, oh, that could have happened to me. Oh, my God. He tried to rape me. Mm-hmm. Girl, if he was going to try to rape you, he probably would have done it. You know, so things like that, I want to see the documentation because you've got the, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, um, there's so many people, if you don't cover your ass, if you don't cover your ass and like with me in the adult industry, if Mm. you don't cover your ass, like I'm female talent, but I, I, not everybody at the party is going to like me. So I, I gave myself different things. I started podcasting. I started doing PA work. I Mm. can set up lights. I crawl on the floor and do the sea lights so the guy can get a good shot underneath the balls, you know, while he's (laughs) banging this chick out. I am that girl. If that chick squirts, Guess whose face it's going on? And I ain't even in the video, all right? So, I mean, I do the grunt work. I have to clean the dildos. I have to bring the condoms. I have to add lube. I have to, I am walking out of there going, oh my God. I the glamorous so of your industry. Oh my God. But the thing is, is I, I upped my value. Sure. You know, so, so many of these girls, like with Weinstein and all these different directors and stuff that are being called out. You had a choice. Were mm-hmm. you well-rounded or were you going to, uh, did you put yourself all your eggs in one basket? Mm-hmm. And, and when Weinstein said, suck my dick and I'll give you a part. Okay. Well, did he have the contract right there? Fill out the contract, dude. Tell me what scene I'm going to get or how many scenes per year. I will suck your dick till your head caves in. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, let's do this. But you don't do it with your fingers crossed, your toes crossed on a hope and a prayer. Use your brain. You don't suck a dick in hopes of payment. You get a deposit first. You know, drop the contract, Weinstein. Let's do this, bitch. (laughs) And that's the thing is they want to come in and go, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but. Mm. And it's like, well, what did you do to cover your ass? What did you do? to cover your ass. You know, uh, now it's coming out that women aren't, um, and I've actually had conversations on my podcast about this. Um, um, two females walk in and this is corporate. Okay. This is my corporate negotiations. Everything is in negotiation. Every job and interview is a negotiation there. You don't sit there and go, Oh, please hire me. Right. You look at them and go, are you somebody I want to work for? Mm-hmm. You're interviewing them too. And if you don't know that, then your ass does need to go back to the fucking fifties and you need to bake a casserole and pop out a baby bitch. Cause you are not smart enough to be out there negotiating <laughs> shit. 
So when it comes down to it, see, this is where I get opinionated. God damn it. You have a boot camp. (laughs) But when it comes down to it, I went in, and this is a true story, and this is way before adult, uh, me doing anything adult, Mm -hmm. but I walked in and I went into an interview and um, they wanted to interview me for a funder job in a mortgage company. And I said, okay, well, I'm already making this in my brain. I'm already making this. So if I'm going to make a move and I have to wait my 90 days, my probation. So for 90 days, I'm not going to have insurance. I'm not going to have this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to have that. So I need to, okay. So I went from um, 48000 a year to, I negotiated for 51000 a year. Mm -hmm. to start. That was my base. And then I said, so how do your bonuses work? Mm -hmm. And they said, you have to fund X amount of files. You have to, after you do uh, for the 51,000, you have to fund 20 files. And then after the 20, we're going to pay you $10 a file. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, no problem. Let's bump it to 25. And from 26 on, you pay me 15. Mm -hmm. I negotiated. I went back and forth and they said, hmm, okay. So I'm giving them more freebies and all this stuff. And we're going back and forth, back and forth. And um, one of my very close friends, equal to me, we trained for this position together at a company. Mm -hmm. We literally have exactly the same training, exactly Mm -hmm. the same training. Everything is the same. We are mirrored. Mm -hmm. I walked out. I told you what what I negotiated. She walks out and she negotiated 48,000. She made a lateral move and she got 10, $10 per file. Hmm. And I'm like, you don't see value in yourself. I mean, all they can do is, is counter offer me and say, no, no, our structure is this on bonuses. So we're not going to change it, you know, and our highest pay is that. So, but at least I went higher. They were like, fuck yeah. Stone over there. She made us, she made us pay 51, but this chick 48 done, done. (laughs) And it was funny because our offer letters came through at the same day through email. We interviewed the same day. The offer letter came through on the same day and I came out making shit tons more than her. And she goes, how did you do that? And I said, I believe I have value and I know how to negotiate. My value is important to me. You ask. So when you when you turn around and counter me, you need to explain to me why. So sure. these girls walking in, going uh, at not negotiating proper, and going, oh, but the one with the penis, he he makes more money than me. Well, bitch, you didn't earn it. Simple. <laughs> you have no value. Oh, but people aren't giving director jobs to to an innie instead of an Audi. Well. How many, how many months did you take off to have children? Mm-hmm. You just took a year off. If a male took a year off, now he's a year behind, right? Mm-hmm. You got to negotiate that. You got to figure that shit out. You got to figure out instead of taking a year off to take care of your baby, you turn around and, and you figure out how you can better yourself while you're at home. You work constantly when that baby's napping or stuck to your tit. I don't care. You're on that computer busting your ass. If you want that job, you got to figure out how to go get it and you got to negotiate it. So don't whine to me about the penis is making more than the vagina because the vagina thinks it should be handed to her and it shouldn't be. 
That's my opinion. <laughs> and there we have it. And while we're on, <laughs> while we're on ambitions, why don't we start talking about what you're doing now with um, sick additions in your podcast? Oh my goodness. Sick addictions is so much fun. It is. Uh, it, every single show has something you can learn. And that is what makes it fun. Rebecca and I realized when we were listening to a lot of different shows and stuff like that, um, I'm like, what did I just listened for an hour, hour and a half? Um, what did I come out with? Did I waste my hour and a half listening to these people or that person or whatever? What did I come out with? It's like all these different things. I want people to think and to argue and debate with me and tell me I'm wrong and why, you know, I want to hear their views. And so, so with that, that's how we do the podcast is, um, we teach people something either about the industry or, um, how to approach or how to save a little money because they don't have money to spend, um, to support their, their favorite, uh, adult star or stripper or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we teach people something and, um, we even teach adult industry people stuff, how to make money on Snapchat, Instagram, um, how to promote properly. If you're going to retweet something, you need to add a link to it, mm -hmm. it, that type of stuff. So, you know, affiliate links, those are, those are key, but if you don't use them and you, you just hit retweet or heart something, you just lost out mm -hmm. on getting your affiliate link out there. And that could be $2 next month. You don't know. Sure. So, um, it's always teaching somebody something, and um, with the podcast, because we get to keep our clothes on, we still get to be Jocelyn Stone and Rebecca Love, which is our jobs. Mm -hmm. We get to be choosy and about um, where we go, where we travel. We will do conventions and stuff like that, but we walk the floor. Mm -hmm. We will interview all kinds of different people. It can be um, adult entertainers or, I mean, when we did Exotica – in um in Denver, we ended up doing a radio takeover for hmm. Demon Seed. We did a takeover. Well, you know what? Now we're going to be doing a live live show once a month because on our podcast there's no call ins and um, no live call ins. So this is going to be once a month. We're going to be able to take calls and stuff, and and it just happened because we decided to to throw ourselves out there and go hey you want a break <laughs> yeah you guys have been over here all freaking day and it looks like fun so do you want a break we'll give you two hours and they're like hell yeah cool. so <laughs> and that's how it all happened so you're ranging beyond adult now oh yeah i always have though i always have I range into all kinds of stuff because not everybody at the party is going to like me. And I'm okay with that because I'm versatile. Who are some of your um, podcasting influences? You know what? The way it started was um, I was doing radio, the live radio on XM um, mm -hmm. in, in LA. And because I told you I would drive and I would be early and all this stuff, mm -hmm. I got called in for an interview and um, I drove an hour and a half 
and um, went and did the interview. And they were like, oh, my God, you showed up on time. And it, I, it was unpaid, but I saw it as marketing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I showed up on time. And, um, you know, I don't want somebody live on air going, so why were you 20 minutes late? Do you not know how to tell time? And these bitches will do that. And um, so I I did an interview with, I believe, Brooke Haven and then um, Ginger Lynn. And I missed it. I hmm. missed going in there. It got to the point where it's like, oh, well, if so-and-so flaked and now I don't have somebody, you know what? I, and they would tell their producer, just call Jocelyn. <laughs> just call Jocelyn. So Ginger Lynn would have me come in as her first guest. Mm-hmm. And then if nobody else showed up, I turned into her co-host for uh, four hours. That's cool. For four hours. And it was a blast. We would do the silliest stuff. And um, I missed it. When I moved to Vegas, I'm like, God, you know, I can't, I can't do this stuff now. So it was actually the live and where Rebecca was missing it as well. And I didn't know it. She started adult film star network. She said, you should have your own show as fetish. Cause I'm doing strictly uh, adult. Mm-hmm. And, um, then all of a sudden she asked me to be her co-host one day. And I said, yes. And then it got to the point where I was sitting there in her studio and I'm doing my thing. And I would look at her and start talking to her. I'm like, just grab a microphone and come over here. So hmm. us being each other's co-hosts happened sheerly by accident, sheerly cool. by accident. And we used to do it live. We used to have call-ins. We stopped the call-ins because people wouldn't listen to the topic. Mm-hmm. And we actually wanted to give something. I don't want to hear how many times you jerked off to sexually bugged on HBO. I really don't. <laughs> I can only hear that so many times. So, and that's uh, one of Re- Rebecca's movies. And these guys would, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, you know what, dude? Uh uh-uh, uh, enough. Gotta cut you. So we decided, well, let's start doing this, you know, call ins every once in a while. So that's cool. how it all happened. It, but it was like Ginger Lynn, Brooke Haven, all the girls from XM. And now with what we do, um, it, it people don't have to pay and i like that and with our sponsors we do not um charge for you know itunes and all this stuff mm. and we do not have sponsors that we don't believe in or we don't cool. use their product they have to send us a little tidbit of their product or mm. we research their product and if we don't like it there's a few of them that we went no no i'm good and they're like but but no that's good. I won't back it because I won't use it. So every single uh, sponsor, uh, so we're not in it. Money, 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 money. No. Mm-mm. Right. Integrity. We we love it. Yes. So now to um, wrap things up in a bow, where can people find you? Anything Jocelyn Stone, but you got to spell Jocelyn correctly. It's J-O-C-L-Y-N-S-T-O-N-E. Facebook is Jocelyn Stone. Twitter, Jocelyn Stone. Twitter is Jocelyn Stone. Every every single thing is Jocelyn Stone. If you're not sure, go to jocelynstone.com. You know, uh, and it's all there. So just Google it and you'll find everything. I'm top billing jocelynstone.com, which is a free blog and it has all the links and stuff um, because not everybody has the money to be able to talk to me on 
on paid sites or call me on verified call, which is also Jocelyn Stone. Um, <laughs> you can sext me on Sex Panthers at what? Jocelyn Stone. I don't change my name. It's all Jocelyn Stone. If you're on a social medium, I'm probably there. Just type in my name for a search. Well, very cool. And Jocelyn Stone, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Now, tonight's adventure into the unknown. Shut up and sit down. Hey, it's Sarge. And Frenzy. From the Sarge Approved Podcast. Uh, If you're not familiar, the Sarge Approved Podcast has a guest every episode featuring uh, people like actors. Comedians. uh, Survival experts. Authors. Martial arts experts. Basically a whole gamut of badass people. Yes. And you can check out all our episodes on all the podcast platforms, iTunes. Spreaker. uh, Stitcher. Google Play Music. iHeartRadio. And you can check us out on all our social media. Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. All the things. It's all at Sarge Approved. Yep. Check it out and we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Later, fuckers.